You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. Welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. Today's episode is with Pamela Munson of the brand Pamela Munson. She makes some of my favorite woven bags, so I'm thrilled to get her on the podcast here today and learn more about how she started her business, the changes, and what we can expect next, which I hear is necklaces. Uh, But before we get into the interview, I want to chat with you guys about winebasket.com. You know I love wine. I love learning about wines and trying new wines, and I love gift giving too. So winebasket.com makes ready-to-gift wine baskets curated for holidays and every occasion. What I really like about them is that they use quality uh, products in their baskets. So you're going to get actual champagne, great champagne. You're going to get high quality luxe chocolates and so much more. They're curated for all different holidays like Easter, Valentine's Day, uh, congratulations. It's great for gift giving to friends, clients, or even you can host a virtual event with these baskets. So go and check out winebasket.com. But now let's get to the interview. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Hi, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Pamela Munson, and I am the founder and CEO of my namesake brand, Pamela Munson Straw Accessories. I am New York-based, and I live here with my husband and three children. Oh, that's fabulous. So now tell me about growing up then though. Like were you always into fashion and style and design or entrepreneurial? Were you someone, you know, that was making things and selling them off to friends and family sort of at a young age? Or talk to me about, you know, life as a as a young Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So from as long as I can remember, I was interested in fashion. I mean, I loved playing dress up. I was very observant about clothes and style and how people put themselves together. I remember being excited and and sort of waiting for the Vogue magazine and W and Bazaar, all of my magazine subscriptions to arrive each month and very aware of sort of ad campaigns and editorial and and how product was presented. Um, So certainly loved fashion. My grandmother, who was one of my earliest style icons, I would say, was quite glamorous. She always had an orchid in her hair and a flowery dress and and generally always was wearing a, a straw bag when she was in Florida. Um, so certainly fashion had, um, you know, sort of uh, impressed me from a young age. My father's family also had a family, a business that was started by my great-grandfather. Um, it was a printing business. And so I was very aware, I think, of that having a business was possible. I definitely think entrepreneurship is in my blood. And, you know, above all, I've always been a, a very a hard worker. Um, I'm someone, you know, right now who really lives and breathes the business. And I think that's 
required, you know, for anyone starting a business to really, um, you know, it, it's a 24 hour a day, seven day a week commitment and you have to love what you do. Um, and, and so, you know, my passion for, for fashion and I think work ethic has served me well in this venture. Definitely. No, I think to be an entrepreneur, you definitely have to have passion and be able to put in the long hours and, you know, the weekends and everywhere in between. So I think that's definitely a trait that a lot of us probably had early on as well. Um, and your grandmother sounds fabulous. <laughs> yes. We, and it's funny. Um, my grandmother has since passed away, but little did she know she would become an Instagram star. I, I love featuring her and my grandparents. I have a lot of vintage photos from the 50s and 60s, and and we sort of sprinkle them throughout our our Instagram. Um, oh. she, so yes, I mean this sort of idea, this elegant resort lifestyle. Um, you know, the 60s is one of my favorite time periods as far as fashion goes. A lot of what we do at Pamela Munson is we look to the past, and you know, are, are really inspired by vintage style. So uh, yes, I, I think she would be tickled that she is. Uh, featured on our our social media quite often. Definitely, no that I'll have to look out for those pictures sprinkled through and go back and look for them. They sound fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, clearly, you grew up, you know, watching grandmother style, very inspired, had a great work ethic. So now, when it came time for college, then where and what did you end up studying? Yes. Yeah, so I went to NYU and I was an English major and communications minor. Um, and I mean, NYU was a wonderful experience. It was very much an unconventional college experience, if you will, but it was perfect for me. And the beauty of going to school in New York is that you have access to the fashion industry. So I knew that I wanted to work in fashion. I wasn't sure in what capacity. So um, pretty much from freshman year throughout uh, my college experience, I had incredible internship and job opportunities um, that I was able to get through NYU or just my own direct outreach. So being in New York really positioned me well for a career in fashion and sort of life after college. Definitely. I mean, it's the fashion epicenter, I feel like. So I'm sure you had amazing opportunities and um, even still to this day being there has to be so helpful as a designer. I, I mean, it was interesting. It's funny. Originally, and I, I talked a little bit about magazines, and I, I collected them throughout the years, and I'm sure my parents would love me to clean out my bedroom <laughs> and, and throw some of them out. But I originally thought I wanted to work in editorial and in, in yeah. a magazine. And so one of my first internships in college was at Glamour Magazine. And it was uh, in the Condé Nast building, which at the time was at Four Times Square. And it was think it was featured in Sex in the City. Carrie was when she was at Vogue. I mean, it was it was a very wow. cool place to be. And you could see a lot of um, really interesting people in the elevator or in the cafeteria. But what I did learn through that internship was that this probably wasn't the best path for me. So I, I'm a firm believer of trying as many things as you can, because until you're actually doing something, you you really don't know if it's for you. I think we glorify a lot of roles um, and have fantasies about what they are, but the reality may be very different. 
No, I agree a thousand percent. Anytime I have a new intern, I always tell them, you know, try everything right then, you know, go to a big firm, go to a small firm, try like, you know, the wildest dreams, like try working in, you know, for a designer or try if you have a slight interest in law, like shadow a lawyer, like that's the time to really dive in and try. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. I mean, when you're young, it's try as, as many, um, as many roles as you can. And, and hopefully you'll find, um, you know, where you're meant to be. Definitely. So let's talk about your first career then. You had this great uh, internship and, you know, you decided actually that wasn't where you wanted to be career-wise necessarily. So what was your first career then after college? Where did you go and work? Like, where did you land? Yes. So my first job after school was at Saks Fifth Avenue. I was accepted into their executive buyers training program, which was an incredible first job, I would say, after school. And that, I mean, for me, I didn't go to fashion school. I was an English major. I had a, you know, very, um, I I had a liberal arts education. Mm -hmm. So I I didn't learn um, retail math or, um, you know, fashion marketing, anything like this. So by working at Saks, it was sort of this, uh, coursework rotation where we were exposed to different divisions within the organization. Mm. So time in different buying offices, there was a rotation in the PR department. We spent a few months in the store, which I have to say for anyone going into fashion in any capacity, spending time in a retail environment is so important yeah. to s- interact directly no. with the customers. And it's just what you learn on a selling floor cannot be read through spreadsheets or, um, you know, anything else in an in office. It's so invaluable. So working at Saks, it was incredible. We had all of these different cycles and different divisions. And then ultimately I became an assistant buyer. And so I was in buying at Saks and then I moved on to Barney's. And I, I think during my time um, at Saks and Barney's, I thought, you know what, I'm working with so many different brands. I'd love to work on the brand side and focus my energy on one brand strategy and vision. And so there was an opportunity at Chanel in their accessories division. And so I made that shift several years in to work in wholesale. And so what that means is that I worked with department store buyers. Those are my clients and helped manage their business and manage their buy and their assortment, managed their in-store businesses. I did a lot of domestic travel to do trainings and host trunk shows at various um, Saks Fifth Avenue and Neiman Marcus locations. So I was at Chanel um, for many years. And then my last role, fast forward a little bit, my last role prior to starting Pamela Munson was at Oscar de la Renta, which was truly what I thought, I mean, it was like my dream job. Oscar was one of my favorite designers. He was an American designer and um, I was working with Ready to Wear, which is really the heart and soul, I think, of most businesses. Mm -hmm. And I was the, um, I managed a team of six. I oversaw the U.S. Ready to Wear uh, business. So it was a, a huge role. I got the role soon before I became pregnant with my first daughter, Beatrix. So um, it was sort of an exciting time, a lot of of really great things. And then it was when my daughter, B, turned a year, I really sort of had a moment where I was reevaluating everything. I think when you have a child, 
time is so precious and you realize how little of it you have. And what I thought was my dream job, I, I realized I wasn't really that fulfilled. And I started sort of thinking, okay, well, what do I want to do? Um, and so, yes, that was sort of my pre-career leading up to uh, starting my own business. I love that, though. That's, I mean, fabulous experience. And to work for those brands, to see, you know, the behind the scenes, I'm sure, helped you so much as you developed Pamela Munson. And it honestly explains the high quality that you have then now in your hats and bags and soon-to-be accessories. Um because of the brands that you worked with before, I think, but you still managed to keep the price point down, which we'll talk a little bit about later. But let's get to Pamela Munson then. When and why did you decide to start your brand? So I had thought about doing something with straw handbags for years. And as I mentioned, I spent a lot of time with my, my father's family and Florida and the Bahamas and was really exposed to straw as sort of the main material for accessories. My grandmother always wore one. My mother did. And when I was at Chanel, whenever we did a novelty straw bag, it would always blow out. And I always thought to myself, there's something here. Mm-hmm. Whenever Chanel did something Hermes for Agamo, sort of at the high end of the spectrum, they always performed really well and they're really beautiful. And then I thought, well, okay, something more at an accessible price point seem to be either overly artisanal or, you know, overly tropical, like something you'd see when you get off a cruise ship. And there, it wasn't really anything, um, you know, to me that I found in this space that was very timeless and classic at an accessible price point that really represented this elegant resort lifestyle. So I had sketches for years prior to starting a business. Um, And I sort of kept them in a notebook. And I mean, I I was always artistic and did well in art and at NYU took a lot of art classes, but, you know, wasn't, um, wasn't trained. I didn't go to design school. So it was at this time after my daughter had turned a year and I transitioned to more of a consultant role at Oscar, which was part-time and allowed me time to spend with my daughter and also to develop this, this business idea. And, and I really said, okay, I have to do something with it. And so I looked on LinkedIn and I, I searched for straw designer, straw handbag designer. <laughs> and the first person that came up uh, had a great resume, really strong design pedigree, worked at Tory Birch and Trademark and specifically had experience with straw. So I thought, okay, let me reach out to this person. We met, we had an epic two-hour coffee date, really connected. And when I got home, I remember saying to my husband, okay, I think I'm going to start sampling. He got the concept. He understood. I shared with him the sketches. He knew what I wanted to do. And so Cameron is our head of design. He's been with me for the last four, almost five years. And that was at that point, um, I I decided to sample the collection. He had connected me with a few production resources that he had worked with previously at at Tory and then other brands. Um, And, you know, I moved forward. I think initially, uh, and, you know, I tell everyone this, I I had a business plan. It wasn't very robust. I, I think I really wanted to see if there was an appetite for the product and what I was doing. So my initial production one was quite small. Okay. I launched the website. We were in development for about a year, and then I launched uh, the website in May 2017, right around the time I had my second daughter, Agatha. So it was sort wow. of insane. Uh, 
and bringing the business and a new baby into the world. And we launched the business. And then a few weeks later, the head of ShopBop reached out to me and said, you know, collection looks great. And she reached out through like my personal Facebook. It was like this Facebook message. And I remember reading it and thought, okay, well, you know, this is amazing, but I'm not really sure if we're pursuing wholesale right now or if ShopBop would be the great, you know, the right first partner. But at the very least, I thought, let me put together line sheets. I mean, I didn't have line sheets. I didn't have professional (laughs) photos or anything. It was very much, um, I mean, we had our, 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 you know, the website live, but that was about it. It was very sort of bare bones. So mm-hmm. I put together a line sheet. I sent it to her. She connected me with the handbag buyer and then they bought the collection from paper and wow. their initial buy covered my inventory investment and then some. So I thought, okay, well, I have to do this. <clears throat> and uh, we went forward with ShopBop and it was incredible exposure, I think, for any young brand to be bought and carried by an established retailer gives you a certain level of credibility um, and also the exposure that we got from it. And it was at that point I said, okay, well, we have to gear up for market and to present our collection uh, to to retailers. And, and so I, I feel like throughout the course of the last four years, there's been many moments where the stars have aligned and we've had this sort of organic momentum and have been able to build upon it. But um, that was a sort of a critical moment. And then also Blair Eady one of, was the first influencer to pick us up. And, you know, be, in my corporate life, I wasn't involved in social media or PR or any of that. And I had no idea the impact getting picked up in the exposure from, a, you know, a huge million plus follower influencer. And so... Blair was a friend of Cameron's and I met her for coffee. I brought our samples and I didn't really know what would come from the meeting or if she would like them or do anything with them. And then um, she posted a lovely write-up on our debut collection. And I remember seeing, you know, being thrilled. Our, like, our Instagram was blowing up. I just kept on seeing them, <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? And then, ah, Blair posted. So um, it was incredible. So we, we had... Um, uh, several moments like those early on that were really meaningful and, and um, you know, uh, put us on the map. And, and Blair and Shopbop were both big moments for us. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's important to anyone listening who is just starting out or um, is hoping to create a brand soon is to look at, you know, retailers still and also bloggers because they can really help. It's sort of like, you know, free press. You're not paying a publicist or you're not paying for an ad somewhere. Um, obviously, you're sending samples and things like that, but they, they can get the word out for you too. There's there's value in that still. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, all good things come when both parties are into it, when it's an organic, natural mm-hmm. fit don't force things. You know, I, I feel like whenever I've tried to force something, maybe it didn't feel right. It generally doesn't work out. I think, um, you know, the beauty of social media now is that you can c- connect directly with people and really have an authentic um, communication. So, you know, I think gone are the days when you need to get into a magazine, when you d- need a PR agency, when you need to be in a showroom. You don't need any of that. There's, you know, and and I I say that to a lot of people starting their own business, you know, we paid a PR agency for months and there was 
no results or the results that we achieved, we could have probably accomplished on our own. I think communicating directly with influencers, important people, people that are aligned with, with your brand values goes a long way. Um, so, you know, yes, having <clears throat> sort of similar perspectives and, and values, I, I think you're allowed to, or you're able now to connect directly and, and you don't really need a middleman. Definitely. I mean, well, I have a PR agency, so I might beg to differ, but I respect <laughs> yeah, that. No, and I, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I, I, no two PR agencies <laughs> are, are alike. Um, no, I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> but I do want to talk to you about collabs then, talking about that. I know you've put on some great collaborations with artists and other designers. Um, and, you know, those are organic. And I'm sure, talk to me about like how you connected with them, how the idea came about collaborating with them. Um, and, you know, we sort of talked about why collaboration is so important. But let's hit on that again, because I think that really is the future. Um, so let, let's hear a little bit about some of the collaborations you've done. Absolutely. So, and just to backtrack, Patricia, a touch yeah. further. So we, I, I was talking about when I launched the business initially, it was more of a wholesale model. And then in the fall of 2020, us, like many brands, reevaluated our wholesale partnerships. And I made the decision to pull back and not have wholesale be a primary focus for us and mm -hmm. for Pamela Munson to shift to more of a direct-to-consumer model where we could reduce our retail prices by about 25% and sell more or less exclusively on our website. Um, I will say some clients, some past clients, we still sell to if we can. Our terms are very different now than they were before, but people have been agreeable to them. But our focus as a brand and internally, we're a team of five people, is really on our website. And, you know, the beauty of that is that we're, we're not hosting market multiple times a year and, and visiting stores. We're really focused on cultivating relationships with other people and partners and brands. And so last year was the first year we were able to focus on some really exciting partnerships. We did a collaboration with Minnow Swim, which um, launched last May. And then over the summer, we did a collaboration with Julia Amory. And so it's it's been really great for us to work with like-minded businesses and see how, um, you know, we can sort of utilize both of our strengths to come out with a product that's really meaningful and, you know, to to sort of be introduced to their clients and, and vice versa. We just came out with our Spring 22 collection last week. And when I, we start designing collections about a year in advance. So last year, vaccines were on the horizon. I was feeling really hopeful and optimistic and thinking about travel, European travel. And I really envisioned a bold floral print for our spring collection. And Riley Shi, who many of you may know or follow, is, is such a talented artist. And I really thought she would be a perfect fit for the vision of this print. And so like I said, through social media or Instagram, I, I DM'd her. I reached out to her directly and I said, I love your work. We're working on our spring collection. Would love to see if there's a way in which we could work together. And so then we connected um, offline and we worked with her on a really gorgeous print that we have on two of our handbag styles. And then we also interpreted it in embroidery. 
So um, the collaborations have been really wonderful for us. I think we're able to just off, um, offer sort of a more enhanced product offering and, and, and reach a, a different audience now than we did before. Definitely. And those pieces, the new spring with Riley are so beautiful. I can't wait to see what you guys do next because that collaboration I just love. Thank you. Yeah, they came out really, really nicely. So now what are you really proud of when it comes to your business? Like what would you consider one of your greatest successes or, you know, pinch me moment or um, something that makes you the most happy when it comes to your business? Oh my goodness. There has been... Ah, so many ups and downs, I feel like, <laughs> along the way. I mean, shifting to you know, saying goodbye to wholesale um, was a huge decision. And I, I think shifting us to more of a direct-to-consumer e-commerce model was incredibly frightening, knowing that we didn't have these built-in wholesale dollars coming in, but was really the right long-term strategic move. And it, it was a seamless transition. And, and truly, after a few months, everything had sort of clicked. And and I knew it was the right decision, but it was it was terrifying to do. I mean, so many people, all of our existing clients had was were reaching out to set up appointments for market. And, you know, I had to say, no, I'm very sorry. We're I think the way I phrased it was we're pausing with wholesale at the moment. And in 2020, I mean, the whole world turned upside down. So um, I think brands were, everyone was doing things differently. We're, we're working on different timelines, but that was, it's been a great success so far. And, and I think the right long-term move for us. Definitely. Um, now, when it comes to inspiration for your new pieces, I know obviously your grandmother is a big inspiration uh, for the brand in general, but where do you look for inspiration or who inspires you? Like, is it travel? Is it books? Um, talk to me a little bit about when you're designing, you know, a new collection or a new style, where you're looking. It, it comes from anywhere. I mean, I, I feel like each collection is sort of different. If I happen to be traveling, it can certainly, I mean... I was in the Bahamas in 2019, and I know that informed one of our collections thereafter. I haven't done much traveling in the last yeah. years, to be honest. So I, I do find a lot of inspiration from Pinterest, from from Instagram. I mean, I'm a, a pretty visual person, so um, I love looking at vintage style pictures from the 60s um, and 50s. And, and so a lot of that really informs the collection, um, you know, our, our handbags, it's, it's a pretty edited assortment. So, um, any new style, oftentimes it gets, it's rooted in something I saw from the past. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of that, then, um, I know, you know, your spring collection has a lot of vintage inspiration. So what would you say is your favorite piece from that collection right now? Which I know might be hard. It's like picking a kid, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is a great question. I have to say, I love our Avis group, which is there's two raffia styles and we have bamboo handles and this beautiful rattan handwoven buckle um, on each of them. I, I just, I love the neutrality of them. It, they're, I mean, I think it'll go with any piece in your, anything in your wardrobe they pack really well, but I, I just think they're so beautiful and elegant and it's, they're both bags you can take from day to night. 
and um, I, I think they'll be sort of most worn bags in 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 anyone's closet this season. But those are my favorite. We worked on them for a while. I think that's the other thing. Oftentimes we can have a style and development for, you know, more than a year. Mm -hmm. And maybe if we don't get it right, it takes several iterations to really perfect the design. And so, you know, I'm not looking to push things out unless they're perfect. Um, and, and you'll be able to wear them and, and, so, you know, this, these two styles took us a few times to get it right, but really, really happy with, with how they, they turned out. Um, you know, all of our pieces are hand woven. Each handbag takes about 12 to 15 hours to hand weave. So when you take a step back and think about it, I mean, they're really, you know, there, there's such beauty and artistry in straw bags. No two pieces are the same. So it's, it's really a special, item and you know the look and feel of what we do is is meant for you to have in your closet beyond one season um, they're really beyond trend and um, to be loved for for many summers or, or holidays and I love that bag it's on my wish list my one of my good friends is getting married in Jamaica and I'm like I think I need to buy it for that uh, yes, <laughs> that would be perfect <laughs> exactly um, who would be your dream person to wear? one of your bags or hats or, you know, something else. Like I know obviously you've worked with some amazing influencers, um, but is there like a royal or a celeb or even another influencer? Or maybe it could be someone that's no longer with us and it's more of an icon that like you could totally have seen your your pieces with. Oh my goodness. That <laughs> is uh, – so I, I am a British royal fan and I mean Princess Diana – would be my number one. I think she is, I mean, had the most impeccable style and taste. I would love to see her or have seen her with one of her styles. Um, but I would say her daughter-in-law, Kate Middleton, uh, Catherine, I would love to see her with one of our, our bags. Definitely. Which one do you think she'd love? <laughs> I would see her with the Avis. I think the Avis would be great. She likes a handheld... <laughs> style I could I could definitely see her with that or maybe our pearl clutch for a great evening look but no I mean she would be she would be a dream I think she's so poised and wonderful and that would be tremendous we need to have a bigger presence in the UK right we're putting it out there to the universe yes, I love it, I love it. <laughs> so you, I you I don't. noticed you started um you did a little sneak peek of you're going to do some more accessories, specifically jewelry and a necklace. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and um, how that came to be and sort of a sneak preview? Absolutely. Absolutely, Patricia. So we, I love jewelry personally. I have a lot of my grandmother's jewelry. I love collecting vintage pieces. So that's been something when we've looked about what other categories to expand into would really be a natural fit for for the brand. And there's a lot of key codes that are in our handbags, pearls, grosgrain ribbon, that I think would work really nicely in the jewelry space. So we, however, I will say at the same time, it's very, it's not easy to launch a new category. I think you have to put a whole supply chain, I mean, you do have to put a whole supply chain in, in, in place and, and find the right materials and, and partners to, uh, create the pieces and and that's been quite challenging but we have come out with um, and will be coming out with a, a new necklace style so it's grosgrain 
wrapped freshwater pearls. It's really, really lovely. We're launching it with three colors, black, ivory, and what we're calling honey, which is a really natural khaki colored ribbon. And this necklace style will be launching in early March. We've done a few sneak peeks. We've gotten a lot of really positive feedback. I'm happy to say that we are making this necklace in Michigan. So it is American made. Um, It's truly a labor of love and and we're hoping to evolve the category, assuming we get a nice response to, um, to our new necklace style. I cannot wait to see it. I've seen the little little sneak peeks, but I'm excited after you described it. It sounds stunning. So that's really fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's really romantic. It's meant to be – it's sort of a hand-tied necklace, so you can uh, wear it at different lengths, um, you know, depending on what you're wearing or what your preference is. But uh, we're, we're really – really excited. Um, I think our, our girl loves pearls. We've had success with pearl accents in many of our handbags. So we're excited to offer her a necklace. Definitely. Now, since this is the Preppy Podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? <laughs> so Preppy, I was a child of the 80s and 90s and my mother dressed my sister and I very Preppy and, you know, I, when I think of preppy, I think it has its roots, sort of that style in prep school and this collegiate university style. I think it's a great mix of feminine and masculine and, and timeless style. Um, I know myself, I had topsiders, tree torns, bucks, penny loafers, ribbon belts, <laughs> this type of, um, you know, really classic look and feel. That's what preppy means to me. I think our our collection certainly touches on elements of preppy style. Um, and I, I personally, personally love it. I love it. And those, uh, ribbon belts are throwback when you just mentioned them. I forgot about this. (laughs) Um, so what are some of your favorite accounts to follow on social media, whether it's influencers or just, um, places for inspiration or, um, other designers or brands that you love? Like, Maybe give a shout out to like three accounts that you really like to follow. Sure, sure. I, I mean, I feel like I love being connected and introduced with new people and 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 brands. A few of my favorites right now, Brent Neal, the jewelry designer. I love the way she presents her work. I She does a lot of behind the scenes look at the jewelry and sort of the stories behind them. I think the big thing now is repurposing jewelry like you have your mother's bracelet and you want to make it into a ring. And so um, I love her account for for sort of the storytelling aspect behind the jewelry. Erica Bierman, she and I, we work together at Oscar de la Renta and she has such an incredible eye. Um, I love following her. And then lastly, who else? Liz Lang, who um, I think it's, if anybody loves looking at celebrity vintage celebrity photos. I, I think she's a great account for that, specifically um, photos from like the 70s and 80s. And, and she has these really charming anecdotes and references that go along with the pictures. So she's another favorite follow. But there's many people. I, I think Instagram, um, you know, it, it's sort of endlessly inspiring and um, interesting to see how people are presenting themselves. And yeah. Mm-hmm. No, those are great follows. I, I just looked through some of them too, the ones that I wasn't familiar with, and those are great recommendations. <laughs> Excellent. 
So my final question is, where can people find you? Let everyone know your website URL, your social media handles. That way they can go on, support you, follow you, and shop some of your beautiful creations. Thank you. Well, we would love to hear from everyone. We Our website is PamelaMunson.com, and our social handle is Pamela Munson Official, Instagram and Facebook. So, no, please be in touch. We get back to people within 24 hours, uh, usually faster than that. But, no, we, we love to hear from you, and we love feedback or product requests. We, al- we often get requests of what bags people want or can you bring this back in this color. So, yes, say hi. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pamela. This was so much fun learning more about you and your brand, um, the designer behind some of my favorite bags, um, and soon-to-be jewelry, too. Thank you, Patricia. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.